If I could describe to give my life tour in one word, it would be vulnerability. Showing up for yourself is so important. Welcome to the Get My Life Tour. I'm your host, Lydia T. Blanco. It is me, your host, Lydia T. Blanco. As always, I am super excited that you decided to show up for yourself and take center stage. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Oh my goodness. Shout outs to you for showing up for yourself. I, look, am so excited about today's conversation and our guest. This woman who is taking center stage is bossy, okay? Bossy as an Esquire, yes. She, do you hear her in the background trying to creep in? Look, this is how bossy she is. She is Shay M. Lawson. Oh, my goodness. Now, you're probably like, I love Shay, or tell me more about Shay. So, you know what? I'm going to tell you more about Shay. Shay M. Lawson is a Georgia-based intellectual property attorney specializing in brand protection and contract negotiation for entertainment professionals and social influencers. How dope is that? You know everybody wants to inf- be an influencer nowadays. She is a member of the intellectual property section of the State Bar of Georgia and a two-time member of the Board of Atlanta Chapter of the Recording Academy. Yes, that is the Grammys, where she serves as a co-chair of advocacy. Over the last decade of her career, Shay has negotiated Gale client partnerships with Apple, Converse, EA Sports, Universal Music Group, Def Jam, and the list goes on and on. From copyright to trademarks to legal business building and negotiation strategy, Shay is a dynamic, experienced keynote and workshop speaker and the go-to for all things legal, creative, and informal. Help me welcome in Shay. Shay. (laughs) (laughs) I got to work on my um, sound effects. Look, that is a mouthful because you are telling it, right? So we are going to talk about how to protect yourself, right, as a creative, but also about your journey as a lawyer and how you've been able to get through. Welcome again. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am so excited <laughs> to <laughs> finally do this. I know it's been a while in the work, so I appreciate you having me on. Of course. Okay. So Shay and I met last year in June, right? But I think we had some kind of connection prior to that, or maybe I was introduced to you um, through a story that someone had written about you on how to best protect yourself and your intellectual property. And I was just like, okay, who is this gorgeous, tall, slender? She gives off dark skin and viv vibes. Colorist, but I had to, you know, she gives off those kind of vibes, right? Um, I mean, she had this long, cold black hair, red lips, legs was just, I was just, who is this woman? Okay, Shay, I know you are married. I'm not hitting on you. We are sorors, so this is what we do. This woman is dead, okay? 
Man, bad. man, who's the oh, I gotta take you everywhere. You are like my personal <laughs> motivation. I just be feeling so it's just on cloud nine when I talk to you. <laughs> no, I'm only speaking facts, you know. Okay, so before I go on and on and on, because I can, in your own words, who is Shay M. Lawson? Oh, wow, who is Shay? You answered this so eloquently on my show. Um, you know what? Shay is evolving. Um, I'm I'm learning every day. I'm very um, opinionated. I'm very strong-willed, very loyal, um, disciplined, and 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 just I, I am what you see. There's no second guessing. You don't have to wonder. I'm. <laughs> That's right. I'm the real deal. You are so. Oh my gosh, you're so matter of fact, and I love it. And I know you're you're a lawyer, right? And you have as much prestige and experience as you do. But there's something so intriguing about the way you carry yourself and the way that you show up. So when I met you and we had our conversations, and I know I've been on your podcast, shout out to her podcast. Go ahead, drop the name, drop the name. Come on, come on. It's a minute of your time on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I love how classy she is. Did you hear that ad? Okay, great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I knew that I had to, you know, keep the conversation going because you are such a strong woman, right? But you're also such a resource and there is no air about you. Now, I know I'm, you know, hyping you up because I'm everyone's unsolicited cheerleader and hype woman, but you don't have this air, to you, and a lot of women of your caliber do, um, and some of them think, "Oh, well, so." But I, I appreciate the way you show up because not only do you command attention and respect, but you are so graceful. Um, tell me where that comes from, right? Like I said, you could have a big head and drown in a rainstorm because your nose is up high, but you don't. Ooh. Well, the, first of all, thank you. Thank you for all of this that you are saying. And it it's always very interesting to hear how you are seen because you hope that you carry yourself in a certain way. You hope that you give off what you intend. And a lot of times, you know, sometimes there might be a disconnect between that. So it's really awesome to hear these things. I think a lot of how I show up and how I carry myself is always remembering my journey and where I've been mm-hmm. And wanting to be in rooms. And I always think that there is a fine line between balancing, remembering where you were, being humble enough to appreciate the rooms that you're in, and that imposter syndrome that comes in of not feeling like you belong in the room because you remember who you used to be and being stuck in that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that I always try to find the balance of there's somebody else who may be who I was last year, who I was two years ago, five years ago, and how did I want to be treated? How did I want to be approached? Um, How would I hope that um, someone who I really looked up to showed up for me or somebody I hope to engage with or build with or network with? How would I want them to engage with me? And so I think that's where a lot of that comes from is really remembering the journey and just walking into every situation with a certain level of humility, remembering that. That is golden. You know, I know people say the golden rule is treat others how to be treated, but 
to go deeper, engaging with others, you know, how do you want to be approached? How would you want to be approached five years ago? How do you want to be received? That is major. I hope that someone is already taking notes because, you know, what you're saying may seem simple to you, but I think a lot of us on our journey aren't thinking about how we show that way. And we're not, you know, I call them the Lil versions, like rapper L-I-L, the Lil versions <laughs> of ourselves, right? As we move forward, like, I'm like, okay, let me do it for Lil Lydia. Um, but to your point, it is so good to think about how I would have wanted to be treated when you were on your way. You know, to that point, tell us more about your journey. You are a lawyer, right? But you're so much more than that. You are a, a wife. You are a woman of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. You serve, you lead. What has your journey been like? Ooh, um, it has definitely been a journey and it hasn't been a straight line. It has definitely been a journey is an understatement. I am from Cleveland, Ohio, um, inner city Cleveland. <laughs> um, you know, I'm first of my family to go to college. So first generation uh, college student, when I was graduating from college and, you know, shout out the real HU, Hampton University. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> and no, I'm kicking up dust here. <laughs> um, but, I, and that was such a phenomenal experience. And I will say something that was very integral into getting me through my journey of life successfully, because Hampton is an education for life. It's not a classroom education. They really teach you how to navigate life, especially navigating life as a Black person, as a, a proud Black person to not understate yourself, but to at the same time show up prepared and know the game that you are playing. And knowing and, and doing that. But then when I went to grad school, I then graduated in the first recession. And so mm. I graduated at a time where I was coming out of law school and a lot of firms were closing down. There were hiring freezes. People were taking jobs at Macy's and Starbucks and wherever. And I was definitely a part of that and mm. really figuring myself out and figuring out my pivot. I know a lot of people are talking about pivot right now as we're recording right. with the coronavirus going on. And figuring out my journey. And what was really great was that everything fell into place. And so not to make this a two hour long podcast, I will make a long story very, very short, but I packed a bag in 2010, uh, which is when I passed the bar, I, I packed a bag in 2010 and I moved to New York with just myself in a suitcase and a, a friend of mine from Hampton. His mother let me stay with her. So he wasn't there. This is somebody else's mother wow. letting me crash in Brooklyn. <laughs> and when she was a typical New York mom where she stayed on my case and she was really on me, but I was really out to make it. And so I had a few friends that I had made actually via Twitter who mm -hmm. had all um, picked up and moved to New York around similar times. And they were event hosts and TV writers and things like that. And we all met up and I was... Um, I kind of was this perpetual plus one, just friend um, of <laughs> a, a, a woman. Her name is Jazz Waters, and she's an incredible writer. And she's out in L.A. now, but she always let me be her perpetual plus one. And I made so many industry 
connections with her. I knew I wanted to be an entertainment attorney. I just made so many connections with her. Well, in the meantime, I was a maitre d' at a restaurant. Mm. (laughs) And I was a maitre d' at a really nice restaurant in the theater district. And ironically, in that role, I still met a lot of celebrities. I met Sanaya Lathan and Steve Madden and all these different people being the maitre d' of a restaurant that was pretty difficult to get a reservation at. And when I, I ended up having to come back to Atlanta due to finances and life situations, and I felt really dejected, but I was still really networking in the industry. And so Ludacris at the time owned a restaurant called Straits, mm-hmm. and they had an industry night every Tuesday, and I hung out all the time, and people asked me what I did. And even though I didn't really have much going on, I always said, I'm a lawyer, I'm a lawyer, I'm a lawyer. Well, one of the chefs at the restaurant had been approached by Fox's Hell's Kitchen to be on the show everyone there knew that I was a lawyer (laughs) and he became my first client and things really took off from there and he had a lot of people you know being in that situation and you're at this celebrity restaurant already there's lots of industry people he could have picked any lawyer and he always says to this day that he decided to work with me because I was the most real and resonated with him but also because I had that experience from working in the restaurant in New York that he trusted that I understood the hospitality um, industry and ultimately who he was as a person and that's why he trusted me to represent him and things really just just took off from there you know what there are two things that come to mind and I feel like I'm at church right now the first thing is know who you are at all times you repeatedly told people who you were I am a lawyer I am a lawyer I am a lawyer the second thing is to trust the pivot Right. I could imagine. And I'm only imagining because I don't have the experience. But if I was a lawyer, I could only imagine what it feels like to feel like you're being demoted or you're off your course. But the fact that God had a larger plan for you and that you trusted during the pivot that really made room for you. That is so exciting. And why it stands out to me is because of the time we're in, right? It sounds like this is a really timely and divine story that you are sharing. And it speaks to me personally as I'm in transition. And I'm I'm really hoping that it reaches and touches others the way that it's speaking to me right now. That is incredible, Shay. It truly is. It was. And, you know, I think something else that stuck with me and number one, working at that restaurant and every job that I've had on my journey, I have genuinely enjoyed. I have had the time of my life where at no point have I felt like, woe is me. Why am I here? I'm too good to be here. There's a reason that you're there. You may not realize what it is or understand what it is, but trust that you're where you're at when you're supposed to be there and approach every day with there's something here for me. Let me find joy in every day. I think had I approached, you know, working in the restaurant or various other kind of temporary contract jobs that I had with an attitude of, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. And there were lots of people. We were all there together. You know, the recession happens to everybody. So we were all there together, people with masters and, you know, people with all kinds of training doing traditional jobs. And there were people who walked in with that feeling and it was what you said it was 
the experience was what you decided in your mind. And I just always really appreciate the moment, the fact that God found a way for me to provide for myself um, despite everything. And it all just really, it is the, the perfect just plot. It really feels when you look back at it and everything falls into place, you're like, whoa, I thought that, you know, I was beat down and pushed in the dirt, but God was planting me. God was setting me up. (laughs) Million dollar tree. So what you're not going to do is have me lost for words throughout this entire stop on a tour. That is good. Oh my gosh, that is so good. You thought God was pushing you down in the dirt and he was planting you. Shay, number one, put that on a t-shirt. I just, my mind is blown. I'm listening with my heart. Okay. And it puts so much into perspective. I think, you know, we look at people who have Esquire behind their names or whatever, you know, titles they've worked super hard for. And we're like, ah, it must've been, you made it right. Okay. It was good then. Okay. Everything's been, and it must've been straight and narrow. And you attesting to the fact that that is not so is inspiring. And it, it is really going to shift the way we think about our past. Right. I have to ask, was that moment in your life you know, something you would identify as your get my life moment, or was there another moment? Um, yeah, I would probably say that the last recession was really, really tough. It was not for the faint of heart. And it made me question a lot of things, whether I really wasted my time in school, because had I got a job way back, you know, when I originally graduated, I would already be somewhere and not in this position. And looking at everybody else. And this was right when Instagram was first starting. So I was seeing everybody post their vacations and their townhouses they closed on and getting married and having kids. And it really made me feel left behind. It made me feel forgotten. And it made me feel like everything that I had worked so hard for was was for nothing because nothing was turning out right. And it really was like one of those moments where Sometimes you have to hit rock bottom Mm. in order to get your life in order because, you know, for me and I'm a person of of faith is it was that moment where I had to realize that I could not do anything for myself, that only God could guide me. And I had been so worried. I had been making my own plans. I had been setting these standards and I hadn't been relying on God. I hadn't been asking on God. And so that really was a moment where in order to get my life, I really had to get back to God for him to order my steps. And so there were moments where I was like, God, get me through the next hour. Get me through this shower. Get me out the bed today. Get me to tomorrow. Get me to my rent being paid. (laughs) And slowly but surely, I mean, literally, God showed up. And in each of those moments, I said, I would never ask God for something at the same time without being grateful. Mm. So I would thank God for getting me through the hour. Thank God for waking up in my right mind. Thank God for my sight. Thank God for being able to breathe without machines. I would find all types of things to be grateful for every single time I asked God for something. And I think the combination of faith and gratitude just really allowed me to get my life. Your faith has brought you so far. And I think sometimes on our journeys, we, we lose sight of our faith and, you know, 
we talk about the mustard seed as believers, right? But sometimes when we feel hopeless, we're like, okay, I don't want to hear another word. Our lives become the ministries that we need. And, you know, being able to come out on the other side with faith and gratitude is one of the best ways that I can attest to as well. When times are uncertain and are difficult, times you don't even have the the capacity to understand, but faith, a lot of people think that they can make it on their own and that's just not the case. It's like not true at all whatsoever. So I want to ask you about tribe, you know, who are some of the people that hold you up as you do your work? Oh, wow. I would definitely say my family, my husband, uh, my my sorority sisters. Oof, what a phenomenal network of dynamic <laughs> new women. Woo! Everywhere you turn, there is nowhere you can go without there being a woman of Delta Sigma Theta. If there is a company being run, a law being made, a, <laughs> a something being done, they are there. So I'm really grateful for the sisterhood there. I would also say, I cannot reiterate this enough. This is, they are not paying me. My Hampton University family, just the people that I've met there and, you know, my big brothers and my big sisters and just the the tribe and village around me from my time um, in undergrad at Hampton, that, that irreplaceable, you know, people who called me even when I didn't want to answer the phone, even mm. when I didn't want to talk, even when they couldn't relate to what I was going to. I told you when I moved to New York, I moved in with somebody from Hampton. I moved in with their mother, right. you know, things like that. So just having that network, that tribe, just people who really understand you to your core. You know, at this juncture, we've known people from college more than half of our lives. Mm-hmm. So um, that definitely is a significant portion of, of my tribe. I love that. You know, tribe is so telling of who we are. I can only imagine the people who are holding you down because they are lifting you up and you are so you are phenomenal I don't this this party right now over here about you as you take center stage and I'm sure that others can hear it and feel it you are so authentic and who you are really speaks value how do you protect yourself right you're helping countless people protect their influence and their brands and contracts secure the bag x y and z and everything in between right but how do you protect yourself as you do the work how do you protect your influence how are you protecting your brands um and yes taking care of yourself i would say from the business side i'm learning just like everybody else what's really great about the niche that i'm in at this age is being someone who has come into these platforms at the time that they were coming up, understanding them really intimately. And so that's something that a lot of my influencer clients talk about a lot is that they work with other attorneys who just didn't understand what they were doing. So they could not adequately Mm -hmm. protect them. And, um, and so as much as they learn from me about copyright and trademark and contracts, I'm learning from them about influence and analytics and how to set this up and what platforms to use and how to yeah. get these templates and, and the consistency and, and voice, even the conversation that you and I had about, um, 
you know, how you show up online with digital communities and, and things like that. After we talked, I went and made an Instagram account for my podcast. So I will also say that I am somebody who I am constantly learning and I, um, I am indiscriminate about the source of information. And this is what I mean by that. Not that I just get information from anywhere, but I think that people believe that in order to learn, the person who's teaching you needs to be of a certain age or have X many followers or be connected to X many brands. And that's not really the case. (laughs) And so a lot of times people who are connected to X brand or have X followers, they might not have it together behind the scenes or they may not be responsible for their rise. Somebody else behind the scenes, there might be an assistant who really is the person who created the image for this person. Mm. There is, there are a lot of silent senseis, I will say, that are out there that are to be learned from. And so uh, I think that that is what I mean by being indiscriminate. I'm not always going to chase after the big name. I'm not chasing after the Gary V. What's their personal assistant like? You know, things like that. What's his production team? How do they manage their time? How do they manage their schedule? Because if you're managing his schedule and you're still getting your work done, you have time management down to a science. So I will say that I, I protect myself and my influence and my brand um, as much legally, but on a business side, by continuing to learn, always being a student, um, being intentional about who I learn from. I would say protecting my peace <laughs> and, hmm. um, and, and just self-care is really learning boundaries, hard boundaries, saying no. And I think that there's always a part of the grind and the hustle where you do have to be on, where you are earning your spot, you are fighting to tread water and, you know, stay above, right? Right. And you do have to be available all the time and you are that duck under, you know, but Hmm. at a certain point, when you've made it or you've you've hit a certain number of milestones, you need to set boundaries. And I think that was kind of hard for me. And I think it's hard for a lot of entrepreneurs. I think it's hard for a lot of millennials, especially millennials of color, who feel like they need to prove themselves in corporate spaces. And so we make ourselves available on the weekends and at 2 a.m. and on family holidays and You know, I've done agreements before sitting in the parking lot of a funeral home, helping to plan my grandmother's funeral, you know, and realizing in those moments, I need to set some boundaries. I cannot show up as my best self for you, my clients or my business or my job if I am not my best self because I'm tired, because I'm worn out, because I'm stressed out, because I'm not exercising, because I'm not eating. So I am not maximizing my value to you by being depleted. So in order for me to best serve you, I need to set these boundaries. I need to get rest. I unfortunately need to tell you no, you know, whatever it is, I need to farm this out, delegate. And so that is the way that I have learned over the years to maintain my peace is to definitely utilize boundaries, saying no. And when you say no to the right things, it sets you up for um, your yes to be that much more impactful. But I also think that the 
the the reverse of that is seeing the really successful people and taking your break too soon, kicking up your heels too soon. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not forsake the hustle. Let's not forsake the grind. There is a point in time where Oprah was working 24-7. She was answering the phones. Beyonce was practicing 13, 14, you know, 15 hours a day right. without going to the bathroom. You do not forsake the grind itself. And I think a lot of times we see the lifestyle that people we admire are living and people hit certain milestones and think that's their cue to kick their feet up. And it's really gauging that appropriately of have I earned the right and and gradually building your boundaries and evolving them as you and your business and your journey evolve. That's really good information. But what are some of the things that you're aspiring to on your journey next? Um, man, I am in a, I would say I am at a point where I am aspiring to make the greatest impact with people who look like me, um, empowering people to have successful profitable but legally protected businesses, whatever that looks like. We are in the era of the side hustler, the entrepreneur, and however many people that I can help successfully do that, I am in an era of life where that is what I'm going for now, is really impacting as many people as possible for success, really helping somebody else along the way. How can I help more people win? Um, spreading more of an abundance mindset of there is more than enough out here for everybody to win, even if your ideas are similar or you're in a small market or a crowded market. How can I position myself as a thought leader, as um, an expert in a field, as someone who has been given various platforms such as this to reach new audience? How can I use that in a manner that will impact people in a way that will improve their lives? That that really is what my what I'm fixated on right now from a business perspective. That's incredible. For people who are looking to protect them, their brands as they, you know, strive to secure the bag, you know, what pe- free piece of advice, and I have to emphasize free because you are a lawyer and your rate is your rate, um, but what free piece <laughs> you have for them um, as they think about whether or not they need to, you know, partner with Shay Lawson on X, Y, and Z? Oh, Wow. Okay, so I think you need to consider where you are. I always think about an interview that I once saw with Tyler Perry, and he talked about why it took him so long to hire a manager and how he ended up doing a lot of his own deals on the front end. And he talked a bit about, number one, understanding the business, and nobody can do the business better than you. And then you want to be in a position when you hire somebody to know whether or not they're handling your business correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first thing is that you need to have a business. You need to have moved past having a really great idea, move past ha- having a hobby. You need to have something that is a viable business. This isn't something that your mom and your aunts and your frat brothers supported you on because they likely supported you because they love you. What has the market said? Do you have something that is viable and now actually needs to be protected? 
That is the first thing. So I don't want people going out and spending money on lawyers like me or anybody else when you haven't invested the time, the research and that that grind that I'm talking about into building something valuable or something that has value. Um don't spend your money on the fluff and the things that are are sexy until you have a viable product or service or or business and there are a lot of foundational things that you can do that um are low cost that will set you up for success so i would say um utilize a Shea Lawson for if you're just starting out and building your company or building your brand utilize me for a template I have plenty of free templates, a lot of free downloads. I have a lot of affordable templates and downloads on my site that literally help you at the foundational part of your business. At the point that you are taking on large opportunities, if you are taking on something that would be you know, more than a, a quarter of what you normally make in your salary. Yeah, get another set of eyes. Before you sign on the dotted line for a major opportunity, you want to pay someone like me to make sure that you're not giving it all away. I would say at the point that somebody is interested in you, somebody has approached you and you didn't approach them, you might want to think twice and employ a lawyer because that person saw the value in this thing. Even if you didn't quite hit it in dollar sales yet, they see the potential in it. So you might want to get a second set of eyes on what piqued this person's attention and making sure that you're legally protected. My goodness. I know you heard the Esquire. She That right there is prime information. There are so many people on social who have, you know, their experience and are selling their, their packages and their bundle deals, but they're not giving you the necessary information or they're, let me just say this, they're not helping to inform, you know, the decision that you're going to make to purchase. So the fact that you gave that to us for free, right? Still saying like, look, here this, here is what is available. Excuse me. Here is what is available. And then at this point is when you should be reaching out to me or someone, you know, in my likeness is really bullshit. Like so many people just want you to pay them. And that's why I had to ask you for a freebie charge. It's, for, you know, to me later, but I want people to understand, you know, what you do and at what point they should be looking to make that kind of investment because you are helping people secure, you know, millions and protect millions. And as people aspire, as they establish their businesses or if they're emerging, it's really good information to have. You know, every stop on a Get My Life tour, we have a mic drop moment. The mic drop moment is an opportunity for the guests to leave it all on the stage. This is your sexual chocolate moment from coming to America or Obama out and your final speech. <laughs> you choose who you want to be. I think you're more Obama, but you, can, you most definitely are sexual chocolate. Um, so <laughs> I, when you are ready, feel free to share. Okay. Um my mic drop moment is going to be two okay. parts. One is it's going to be very much like our conversation mm-hmm. today. So one is going to be more so life advice. And this is going to be targeted towards the people who I assume are like me. You're overly ambitious. You're over planners. You're overthinkers. The people who kind of beat themselves up to to really achieve, achieve, achieve. 
And then the second part will be some business. So (laughs) I would say um, there are just like two quotes that I really live by. One is, um, I don't know who the source of the quote is, but it's treat everything like a winner, knowing you will succeed and treat everything like a beginner learning from your mistakes. Um, and then the second is I had to get out the boat so I could walk on water, Sean Carter, yes. right? And those are two life quotes that I really live by where you just have to have a certain amount of courage to really get out of the boat, get out of your shell, get out of your fears, get out of your head, get out of the self-talk that you have to really achieve what you want, to see what you have never seen, to get to that next level. Literally get out of your boat so that you can walk on water, get out of your own way so that you can achieve greatness. And I think that that sometimes that's really hard in a world of social media where we can see everybody's highlight reel 24-7, 24-7, people telling us what we should be doing during this quarantine, what we better come out here with our next book and our summer body and X, Y, and Z. And I'm telling you to mute all of that. Treat yourself like a winner. Know you will succeed. But even if you fall down on the way, hit a bump, just treat it like a beginner and learn from your mistakes. So that's the first half of it. And the second half from a business perspective, and this is something that I I say all the time in interviews, is do not underestimate yourself and business and the fact that you can be stolen from. You absolutely want to protect yourself. Does that cost a million dollars? No. Is it going to be the most fun part of putting together your business? No. But you don't want to pour your time, your energy, your nine to five money, your weekend hours into building something only to have it pulled from underneath you because you didn't do some small foundational thing like get an agreement in place with your co-founder, like file a copyright for your cool idea or trademark your brand name. And now you're in a situation like the founders, you know, and, and McDonald's. You just don't want to be in a scenario like that. So just never underestimate yourself in business. Get the unsexy stuff done and 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 know and trust that what you are building will be protected. There you have it. Oh my goodness. Two parts. I call those two gems. I most definitely am taking those over here because that is really key information. Now, Shay, you have shared a lot. You've shared your journey, the work that you do, you know, how you've pivoted and you've given us some freebies. Okay. More freebies that are, you know, than are available on your site, but tell people how they can get, you know, in contact with you. Oh, absolutely. You can follow me everywhere at Shay M. Lawson, the primary place where you will be able to connect with me, to work with me, to listen to my podcast, to get any templates you need, to get any free information you might be looking for, to find out what's going on with my clients. Go to shaymlawson.com and I'm Shay M. Lawson on all social platforms. And I am the host of Minute of Your Time, a podcast helping entrepreneurs legally protect their passion and profits. And that's available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Shameless plug. I was a guest on your podcast 
And it was incredible. Your podcast is out here. I, thank, thank you. I received that. Your podcast is out here changing the game. Okay. Like I said, everyone wants to charge people for something. But the fact that you are giving away so much because you have an abundance speaks value. So thank you for sharing about your journey, right? But also for being such a resource to us all. Oh my gosh. I am just grateful to have the opportunity. I want to share these things. I'm so grateful for you having me on your platform and sharing your energy and all your good vibes that you and your audience bring. You are so welcome. As always, you can stay connected with the Get My Life Tour at the Get My Life Tour on all and by joining the Get My Life Tour backstage, which is our Facebook community. And you know where to find me at Lydia T. Blanco on all social platforms. This has been incredible. This is the first time we've had a lawyer take center stage. And look, we are most definitely going to protect while we get our lives, okay? We're going to protect our lives while we get our lives because there is no better way to do it. It has been real. I cannot wait to see you on the next stop of the Get My Life Tour. Like always, move forward and keep being you and showing up for yourself. Until the next time, it has been real. Peace. Mm-hmm.